really wanted to do that. My wife still doesn't believe in me. Um, let's get into the talk. Uh, so my talk is called The Bitcoin Mafia. Um, I've been coming to Bitblock Boom for a few years now, and essentially most of the talks are about how Bitcoin is inevitable and how Bitcoin is going to win, which I think is something that you should believe in if you're in this room. If you don't, get the fuck out. Get out. Like, I have no time for you. Um, <laughs> But I want, to, I want to look at it a little differently. I want to look at it as if Bitcoin has already won, which is my base case assumption. And if I'm right, and I am, I am right, uh, Bitcoin is winning and it's going to continue to win. Um, the people in this room are the future capital allocators of not only America, but of the world, right? And that is, uh, you know, sort of a prestige that comes with it, the ability to change global society. So there's this sort of idea of like, you're gonna be rich and you're gonna retire off your Bitcoins and you are, like that's gonna happen for everybody in this room if it hasn't happened for you already. Um, but there's this framework that I stole from Jordan Peterson I really like, which is what's your plan for retirement? Like what's your plan for when you reach your goal? You know, A lot of people think about their retirement and they're like, I'm gonna sit on a beach and drink a Mai Tai. And it's like, cool man, that's a plan for a weekend. Or, you know, like, if you do that for one day, you're having a great fucking time. If you do it for a week, you feel like shit. If you do it for a year, you're dead. It's not a great plan. So what I'm saying to you is you need to think about, project out, and what are you gonna do with your Bitcoin? What are you gonna spend all this Bitcoin on? And that's the point of Bitcoin Mafia Talk. So. They gave me a click up. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Who is the Bitcoin Mafia? Uh, the Bitcoin Mafia is a decentralized collection of individuals come together and fall apart like a flock of migratory birds. There's no official structure. Bitcoin Mafia exists across time scales. Most members have not even been born yet. You know, your future children uh, are part of the Bitcoin Mafia because none of us are going to be alive to see the block subsidy run out. This is an intergenerational project by its very nature. So 21, I don't think anyone here is going to be alive in 2140. If you like believe in longevity tech and you take metformin, good for you. You're probably not going to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's a loose syndicate of individuals, families, and institutions with shared goals of seeing Bitcoin be successful at inception and later allocating capital towards a prosperous future. So what's one of the things that, if this thing works, <clears throat> what sign am I on? Advanced slide. Can I say that to somebody? <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, one of the things that brings us together is everybody here is a fierce individualist. Bitcoin is money for enemies. A lot of people here actually hate each other. Um, <laughs> but the thing that bonds us is we've all been fucked over by American institutions and by global institutions. Um, because culture rolls downhill from monetary policy, um, you know, essentially every, every institution has become pathological by its very nature. These are not the institutions we know that we have mental models of uh, from 50 years ago. Right, these are decrepit institutions uh, that are full of basically liars and thieves who are stealing everything they possibly can. But you don't find out that an institution has become pathological until that institution lies to you, you believe that lie, and then it fucks up your life in some meaningful way. And that's where the trauma comes in. And so those of us that are in this room have all experienced that in one way or another, from one institution or another, and you know, 
we come together over the truth. The truth is the thing that is most important to us because the truth is a guidestone by which not to get caught up by liars and their fucking lies. Essentially, the fiat system is a system of lies. The dollar itself is a lie, and it uses further lies to obscure the fact that it's a lie in the first place. Whereas Bitcoin is the antithesis of that system, it's a truth machine. The truth machine, see? That was a good setup right there. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin produces truth, that's all it does, and obviously, people that are liars fucking hate this system. This is a hermetically sealed, endogenous machine that produces its own internal truth. It's like a compass that always points to true north, right? Um, essentially, you know, Eric Weinstein, who's our dear friend, um, he, <laughs> he always says this incorrect thing about Bitcoin because he hasn't done any learning over the last 10 years. And he says that Bitcoin is a port of natural law into the digital realm. Bitcoin is not a port of natural law. Bitcoin is a graft of natural law onto the digital realm, creating a whole new reality. And in that reality or in that realm of potentiality, things are possible that aren't possible in either the natural realm or in the digital realm. And one of those things, one of the first thing that we found is possible is absolute scarcity. There's no absolute scarcity in nature, there's only relative scarcity, right? So we now have a system of absolute scarcity and we have a perfect truth machine by which to navigate this system. We don't have to dead reckon anymore which is extremely potent and extremely powerful, versus the Cantillion system, the fiat system. Um, you know, essentially, the fiat system is a broken compass. The dollar is a distortion, and every dollar that bounces around the global economy creates more distortions. It makes it really hard to see. I told Preston that example of everyone thinks their home is up 30% year over year, right? Everyone in my neighborhood uh, thinks they're doing really well because their home is up a half a million dollars in the last like year and a half. Me, when I bought the home in 2019, uh, <laughs> it cost 100 Bitcoins, opportunity cost. Today, you get about 30 Bitcoins for it. That is a terrible, terrible investment. And, <laughs> I mean, just the worst. And I know that because I'm using the correct compass, whereas all of my neighbors think that they're doing really well. And even if you tell them that thing where you go, hey, it's... 30% a year over year for everybody, they go, yeah, but I'm special and my money is real. No, it's not. It's not real, okay? Nobody's money is real. Um, you know, essentially in the 1970s, American growth was beginning to slow and American leadership had a choice. Face the truth, you know, do austerity, put America on a tightly controlled budget, um, you know, essentially rein it all in, like make government smaller, and then they did and the world was perfect. No, wait, no, they did the opposite of that. They made everything fucking worse. Nixon and Kissinger temporarily, Dr. Evilfingers, temporarily suspended gold's convertibility to the dollar, right? And in doing so, they created the fiat system that we know today, and now we live downstream of all of its deleterious effects, where essentially we have this system of capitalism that looks nothing like true capitalism. Um, it is... Corporate socialism at best, full-on cronyism at worst, right? Um, you know, the gains are privatized. I mean, I, no Wall Street banker ever invited me out for a steak dinner, uh, but me and my family definitely bailed them out when they made a bunch of shitty decisions, and so did all of your families. And that's one of the things that you should be pissed about. That was one of the most massive institutional betrayals in our history. It happened in 08, and it continued. So let's talk about the fiat system. This is the meme we all know and love, um, you know, we live in the era of hard times that have been created by weak men. 
And it's not that like we're so much better or we have the moral high ground. We're not, we're all weak. We're extremely weak individuals. Humans are weak and failable, right? But because the lie could be told, the lie was told. The lie being the creation of the fiat dollar, right? Um, essentially, if there is a big red button, what we found is that humanity will fucking just keep pressing it over and over again until everything goes to shit, and that's the world we live in today, right? <laughs> um, I mean, so I'm not looking to cast blame on these people, but I am looking to define this accurately, and that is an accurate uh, depiction, that's a fair depiction. Whereas Bitcoin is an anti-printing press, there is no big red bus button, right? It turns out the Bitcoin is probably the most perfect machine ever created by man, and the way we got to perfection is we removed humans, because humans are the imperfect thing that makes everything worse. Imagine if during the, uh, the March crash, which was right around the time of the halving, there had been a committee that was going to decide whether the halving should proceed or not. There would have been a bunch of old white guys in the back of the room whose dicks don't work anymore, and they would have been like, I don't think we should do it, Bob. You know? <laughs> but because there was no committee of old white guys, it just happened. Because code is law, bitches, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. They need Viagra. That's all they need. And if we get it to them, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so these, you know, we all know about the Cantillion effect, and we know how it affects the fiat system. And the Cantillion effect and the fiat system goes on forever. It's ad infinitum, right? Uh, you know, capital allocation is forever mismanaged. The people who are losers in the capital system um, never, you know, face the consequences of their actions, and essentially, you know, people are bailed out in perpetual motion. Bitcoin is interesting in the sense that from a historical context, if we all do believe that this is a thousand year project, and I do believe that heavily, um, you know, we do have some type of one time Cantillon effect. We do have this type of privilege just by accident of birth from where we are or by specific makeup, because Bitcoiners tend to have a specific moral matrix, like, you know, we're all like extremely disagreeable, right? Like not everybody scores that high on the disagreeable chart. So like, just because you were disagreeable enough to not swallow the lies, you like have a special privilege uh, to hold a vast majority of future wealth, right? And so something I think we need to talk about is like how essentially we can, you know, disrupt or destroy this cantil this one-time Cantillon effect in Bitcoin. And I think the way we do it is by becoming true risk cap, actual capitalists. What a crazy concept. Like if you make a capital investment and it sucks and you go to zero, you lose your money and nobody is coming to help you, right? We've had this like great stagnation of the last 50 years since the invention of the fiat system where nothing is getting funded right? Like nothing actually innovative is getting funded. There's a bunch of people who are doing follow on investments, you know, Uber pops up and then they do Lyft and then they do the ninth version of Lyft and it just goes on forever. Bitcoiners need to actually fund things that are risky. They need to fund things in the world of atoms that might blow up on the launch pad. You need to like, once we've reached the top of the S curve and you're wondering what to do with all your hoarded Bitcoin wealth, one thing for you to do is to actually invest in the future, and because we have the compass of Bitcoin, we get correct price signaling, and you can figure out if your idea was amazing or it was shit. And that's what we need in capitalism. Um, 
Let's see. Let's look at you know, one of our counterparts, the PayPal Mafia, Silicon Valley in general, right? How are they different from us? Essentially, the PayPal Mafia developed this like atrocious mythos around failure because they're close to the monetary spigot. They celebrate failure, they champion failure, fail fast, right? Um, all that kind of shit. In Bitcoin, if you are failing, it's an evolutionary Darwinian level tragedy because those Bitcoins are going to flow away from you and your family and they are not going to so easily come back to you. There is not, imagine a baseball player who took every single swing at every single pitch. That is what the current venture capitalist world looks like. It is three strike trout, three strike trout, three strike trout, except they're never out because they, they have exorbitant monetary privilege. In a Bitcoin system, when you're allocating Bitcoin capital to Bitcoin companies looking to generate Bitcoin alpha, you don't have the same luxury. If you lose, you go to zero, right? Everybody in this room has made bad economic calculations with Bitcoin. I mean, just atrocious ones. Like I told you about the house, but there's a lot of other ones I made. I gambled away 10 Bitcoin. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that again. At the dawn of the internet, people felt very much like we feel now about information technologies as we do about Bitcoin. This was going to be the thing that decentralized us. This was going to be the thing that broke the shackles, broke the chains, gave us freedom. Uh, you know, it was the cypherpunk ethos. It was crypto anarchy. It was everything beautiful about what we all believe. And then it failed, right? I don't know if you can see this, this meme, but it's essentially, you know, Silicon Valley gets control of the state, as all rich people do. Uh, and then they use the state as a weapon against poor people to keep poor people away from them and out of their monetary privilege. And, you know, once Silicon Valley cozied up to the Cantillon effect, they got close to the power structures and then they were subsumed by the power structures. Right? They didn't cast the ring into the fire. Essentially, because they failed to do this, they are now like a weird paramilitary organization of the state, and they quashed dissent. I mean, I remember watching uh, you know, the White House uh, press secretary saying that people that were banned on one platform should be banned on all platforms. And I was just thinking to myself, Jesus, like they are now going to unperson anybody they don't like and the state in Silicon Valley have formed this unholy alliance because of the, the massive centralized oligarchy that has grown up around information technologies. That is not something that we can abide in Bitcoin. That's not something that we can allow to happen. That's fucking disastrous. Um, let's see. Advanced slide, please. <laughs> this clicker doesn't work. Um, one of the very significant ways that we are different from the current crop of cantillionaires is that we are delivering value into the future rather than extracting value from the future. There's this really shitty idea that essentially we can afford this leverage on the future because the future is so great that we can take leverage out on it that our children will pay back tomorrow. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm not interested in that and you shouldn't be either, right? Because it's a catch-22. If nobody's actually funding the future, how does the glorious future get built? It doesn't. And throughout human history, everybody has given more to their children than they have received. That's the blockchain of humanity.
And when it gets broken, things have gone terribly awry. And right now, it's broken. Look at the COVID response. We have essentially a top-down centralized organization that, you know, they're all decrepit, like octogenarians, right? And so because they were at risk from the virus, we, healthy, young, robust people, all had to quarantine alongside them. Because the average age of death from COVID is older than the average age of death in general. And so that's true, by the way. Look it up. Google it. Or DuckDuckGo if you're into privacy. Um, <laughs> it's, so why is my two-year-old wearing a mask at her gymnastics class? Right? It doesn't make any sense. Why are we sacrificing the young for the old? These are backwards times, and we need to restore natural order and get back to how you know the blockchain of humanity is supposed to work. We've basically thrown an error, and we need to undo it. All right, let's talk about my favorite guy, Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, <laughs> like Dan Held mentioned earlier this morning, Everybody has their own vision of who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Some people think he looks like Dorian here, who's very handsome, I, might, I must add. Um, if you are a genius level IQ, you might think he's this guy, who's a fucking legend, by the way. Hal Finney. If you are a Tide Pod eating uh, TikTok Gen Zer, you might think it's this guy. <laughs> she is. She's very suspect. I don't know what's going on, but if you're the stupidest person on earth, you think it's this fat piece of crap. All right. Fuck this guy. And if you're crazy or high, you might think that it's a self-assembling AI from the future who's gonna kill us all. Um, shout out Max Kaiser. But this is my <laughs> this is my talk. And like when Ricky Bobby says Grace, I get to pick my own version of Satoshi Nakamoto, and you all have to deal with it. And I like Greek hero mythology, Satoshi Nakamoto the best. Satoshi's invention essentially is this like monetary uh, Promethean, uh, you know, like theft from the gods. Like he gave us something that was so beautiful and sublime, and yet he's not able to take part in it. Or she could be she. I don't know. Um, it's, it's like Sisyphus rolling the, the boulder up the hill, right? Essentially, like, Satoshi has gifted humanity the ultimate tool in which to right the world, right? In which to seek truth and expand on that truth and build empires. And yet, he doesn't get to take part in it. And hodling is the same way. If you are going to hodl Bitcoin, there is going to be a large portion of your stack they're going to be gifted to your children, right? Or gifted to an organization that you like. And you're not going to be able to take part in it either. So in that way, when you hodl, you do become Satoshi-like or Satoshian. And, you know, you become a little more close to Satoshi in that moment. Um, <laughs> it's like now it's getting religious. But the, th the thing is, this is the process by which we restore natural order to humanity. This is the process by which we give our children, we gift our children a better world than we were given. This is the natural order of things, guys. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like the world that we grew up in, where we were the future that was burdened with the past mistakes. That's not the way things go. This is the way things go. You pass the flame forward. So if you have the ability to be risk capital and you see your shot and you take it and the map meets the territory, take that shot. Don't be afraid of the risk. 
fund the projects that humanity needs, right? And if you don't see it, raise great children, pass the flame to them, and maybe they can take the shot later. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Yeah.